Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Horror Geek Mel, and with me is my co-host, Justin Corbett. And for those of you who don't know, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com. It's a site that covers all things horror, geek, and gaming. And I'm a writer at HorrorGeekLife.com, as well as a contributing editor. Okay, so we covered a lot at Horror Geek Life over the last week. A lot of horror news and a lot of gaming news, mainly. So let's jump into the horror news first. Nightmare Before Christmas is actually getting a sequel 25 years after its release. Uh, the sequel comes next year, and it is going to be in the form of a comic instead of a film. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So instead of following Jack and Sally, it seems that it's actually going to follow Jack's dog, Zero, as he gets lost in Christmastown. So I guess we're going to see more of Christmastown. You know, one thing I always wish they had done with Nightmare Before Christmas was explore some of those other doors that were built mm-hmm. into the trees. Like, I really wanted to see, like, Nightmare on Easter or something like that. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I wanted to see Thanksgiving. That would have been I don't fun, know why. Too. Yeah. It's not even a favorite holiday. I just wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun either way just to explore more of that world. But I'm glad, you know, even 25 years later, late is better than never. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, they've talked about doing a film for many years with the director and, of course, Tim Burton. But Disney has wanted to take it the CG route where Tim Burton is very protective of the film. And so he didn't want anything less than stop motion again. So I guess this is a compromise. Yeah. Well, now Disney owns Marvel, so it's very easy for them to make comic book sequels. And we've seen a lot of that come out lately with stuff. So it's not too surprising there's going this route because it's a much cheaper way to tell the story. Yeah. And another horror news, the sequel for the movie Creep has just wrapped filming. Have you seen that film? I have not, but I've heard good things. Creep was actually one of my favorite found footage films. It was just one of the most awkward and tense films I've seen in a really long time. Mark Duplass, who is the writer and star of the film of the first film, and he's only also going to be the writer and the star of the second film, uh, announced it on Twitter. And so a lot of fans were really excited to hear that because I won't have any spoilers here, but the way it ends definitely sets up to see what his character is going to do next. So I'm pretty excited about that. Like I said, I've heard a lot of good things, so I'm definitely going to have to check it out before the uh, sequel is released. Absolutely. It was on Netflix for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is, but if it is, yeah, don't pass it up. Okay. And there was also a ton of gaming news that came out this week, much of it for Friday 13th, the game. First off, their Xbox patch, which has been very anticipated finally came out that fixed a lot of the glitching, a lot of the crashes, and a lot of the bugs that came with the game. Uh, PS4 and PC already received the patch, and so Xbox gamers were pretty upset that they didn't get it up until now. But they finally have it. It didn't fix all of the issues, but hopefully it fixed most of the issues. I actually haven't updated my game yet, and so I haven't been able to check it out. I've been finishing up uh, New Vegas Fallout. So uh, as soon as I finish that up later, I'm going to check out Friday 13th the game and see if it's been fixed or not. Very cool. Yeah. And then uh, this morning, they actually made two huge announcements. Uh, the first is that physical copies are coming out October the 13th, which is Friday the 13th. Those of you who have already purchased the game know that there was no way to actually get a physical copy of the game. And those who actually backed the game and ordered a physical copy were given digital codes until the physical copies became available. So that's happening this October. It it is going to be packaged with a bloody Jason skin, which will be available for all of the playable Jasons and counselor clothing packs. 
a lot of people were again upset that they bought the digital copies. They had to buy the digital copies and they're not getting the exclusive content. But Gun Media, the developers behind Friday 13th, uh, came out and said today that those with digital copies will get some version of a bloody Jason. So win-win for everybody, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like it. Let's hope that it all works out. Absolutely. And then uh, the third piece of Friday 13th news that also came out today, today was a busy day for that game, is that Kane Hodder, who of course is known as Jason Voorhees, among many other roles, he is back in the mocap studio in LA with Gun Media this week, and they are recording new kills. I, I think they're probably going to have a little bit something extra up their sleeve, but We're not sure what that is yet, but they are definitely recording new kills. And so um, we covered a few of the videos that they put out and it looks really fun. Awesome. Excited to see those. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see it come to life. And then lastly, in gaming news, PlayStation announced a 25% price hike for their European PlayStation Plus subscribers. That is a big price hike, and it is effective August 31st. And uh, social media did not take too kindly <laughs> to that announcement from Sony. I mean, that's a pretty large increase. Uh, I don't know right? what subscription fee per month is for PlayStation. I know for Xbox, it's about $60 for a year. Mm-hmm. So if it's going up 25% a month, that's that's pretty considerable. Um, it is, yeah, and just in Europe. And so they haven't announced why they're making that decision, but obviously people have been asking for answers. Yeah, well, hopefully they get and it. Yeah, for sure. And for those who have this subscription and have been uh, taking advantage of the free games every month, those free games will not be playable if they decide to cancel their subscription. Uh, Definitely unfortunate. Yeah. Don't cancel your subscription yet, guys. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, okay. And so that kind of wraps it up for things that we've covered. And if any of that interests you and you want to look more into it, just visit horrorgeeklife.com and you can find articles on that. Now to the fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about some strange and unusual news for the week. I've got three stories I can tell you about. One of them involves a clown attacking a town. One of them involves a man disfiguring himself. And the last one is just the strangest headline I've seen in a very long time. So I'll let let you pick which one you want to hear first. Okay, we have to hear the strange headline. Okay, so the headline is Sex Pigs Halt Traffic After a Laser Attack on Pokemon Teens. (laughs) It's... It sounds like somebody just took a bunch of words and put them all together. But it's a real story. Apparently at a uh, town in Sweden, like a very small town, there was a uh, crime wave that happened where these two people wearing pig masks were attacking people that are out and about playing Pokemon Go with those green lasers. And the green lasers are a little bit stronger than the red ones that you can usually buy like here in America. The green ones can actually burn skin or if they get shot into your eyes, they can cause permanent damage. So they were harassing these kids that were outside playing Pokemon Go. And then once they chased the kids out of the park, uh, they started having sex like in the intersections of the, the freeway. So cars were backing up. Nobody could go anywhere. And they were wearing pig masks the entire time. So um, the police eventually came and stopped them and they were arrested. But they terrorized this town in Sweden for like an entire day. What a great day. <laughs> <laughs> When someone says, hey, what'd you do today? I mean, I think they were I just mean, aiming for like the best headline in history. <laughs> they achieved it. They came pretty damn close because I can't really think of anything I've seen in a long time that stood out like this. I mean, okay. Can you say the title one more time? I just have to hear it one more time. Sex pigs halt traffic after a laser attack on Pokemon teens. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, man. that That's great. <laughs> Definitely. 
Okay, so which one do you want to hear next? Do you want to hear about the clown, or do you want to hear about the uh, man who disfigured himself? You know what? Let's go from pigs to clown. So you remember uh, a few months ago, there were clowns just appearing in random places at like 2 and 3 a.m., oh, yeah. scaring people in traffic and like harassing people in small towns. And the, mm-hmm. the clown wave sort of stopped for a little while. But this guy, I guess, wanted to continue that trend. And he's an amputee who has one arm. Uh, he attached a machete to his missing arm, so his missing limb. So he had like one arm that was actually there, and the other one was just a machete. And uh, <laughs> he was dressed like a clown, a malicious-looking clown, and he was wandering around this small town in Maine, just terrifying all the residents. Um, it started. Oh my God. It started Tuesday morning near a convenience store, and then uh, state troopers showed up, and he ran into the woods. And it took him about an hour and a half to find him um, when he was exiting the wooded area into a neighborhood on the other side. So. I don't know what it is with people. Man, what a weird, weird trend that we're going to have to explain to our grandchildren. I mean, what a weird thing that, oh, we just have clowns that terrorize towns and in different forms. Yeah. What a weird thing. I mean, I think it's been going on for a long time because I've heard stories about this guy in New Jersey that would just walk around in a clown suit with a black balloon. And he'd been doing it for like 15 or 20 years. He's been doing it for a really long time. And now all these other people in different parts of the country have started kind of mimicking him. And I mean, he, he would never talk to anybody. Like I heard about it on a bunch of different podcasts. It's really weird, this trend. Are you afraid of clowns? No, not really. When I was a kid, I went to a parade and there was a whole bunch of clowns going by. And I was maybe like six or seven years old. And the clown came up and he had those ketchup and mustard bottles. But they were mm-hmm. full of like uh, water or some sort of liquid substance. I don't know what they were. But he squirted me and I punched him in his face. Oh, no. <laughs> So clowns are scared of you. That's and what he, you're saying. He gave me this look and then ran back into the into the parade, and then I never saw him again. Um, so yeah, clowns are scared of me. I, I don't have that fear either. I would rather not be around them, and I'm not really into the circus and things like that. Um, I don't really have a fear, but I have to say, if I just looked out my window and saw a creepy-looking clown with a black balloon or a machete hand, I would probably be pretty pretty freaked out. So. I would probably call the police. I don't know if I'd be freaked out. I keep, <laughs> I'd keep an eye on the guy, you know, but <laughs> I'd call you. Yeah. I because can, apparently you know how to handle a clown. I know how to punch him right in their <laughs> nose when it goes, Doo-doo, you know, you got him. <laughs> I was actually just trying to get you to say, I know how to handle a clown. I, I do know how to handle you, a clown. You didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And let's hear the last one. Uh, so the last story is a Sheffield man cuts off his toe with bolt cutters and then eats it. Why? They don't know. There's this man in <laughs> Sheffield, which is in the UK. He was we taken right up there, actually. Oh, we do. That's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. He was taken to the hospital after reportedly cutting off his big toe with bolt cutters and then eating it. Um, he went to this Wilco store, which is like a hardware store, Sunday morning, wandered down the aisle to the hardware section, picked up some bolt cutters, took off his shoe, cut off his toe with, with onlookers like looking at him, and then stood there and gnawed on it. And then uh, it doesn't say whether he swallowed it or not, but it says that he <laughs> ate it. Those are the details we want. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Did he swallow? Did he swallow? (laughs) Oh man! Well, uh, again, what a what a great day, right? I mean, he's probably (laughs) these people have way more interesting lives than we do. Obviously, (laughs) what would possess you to be so angry at your big toe that you just, you know, (laughs) I don't know. It had to be bath salts or something. That's the only thing I can think. I mean, you would think. I I think that might be behind the sex pigs as well. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, those could just be teenagers. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So that does it for this week's strange and unusual news. Okay, awesome. 
Well, this week, our main topic is going to be vampire films. And the reason we're going with vampire films is that today is the 32nd anniversary of Fright Night. And just Monday, we celebrated the 30th anniversary of The Lost Boys. Both were definitely classics. Um, I love both films. And so it just kind of inspired us to want to talk about vampire films that we love. Yeah, I'm a fan of both of those as well as some of the other ones we have on our list. Probably my favorite vampire movie is from Dustal Dawn. It's a great film. What What are some of your favorite parts? Uh, when it changes from one movie to a completely different movie and it's unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen a film really do that before. Uh, I watched this one. And like the beginning is a you know, bank robbery heist kind of film and they kidnap these people and they're driving and trying to escape. And then all of a sudden, boom, vampires. Uh, and it's completely unexpected. Tarantino's in it. It was written and directed by Tarantino and he's one of my favorite directors and writers. So I loved it. Yeah, I, I love it too. And, uh, what about the snake dance? The iconic snake dance. <laughs> of course. Who doesn't love the snake dance? And Selma Hayek's pretty amazing in the film. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of great death scenes. There's, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, that was a film I saw pretty early on, and for some reason, it just didn't click with me uh, the first time I saw it. I think I just kind of caught it on cable one night, and um, and then the second time I saw it, it just, I mean, it, I just loved it. And so, uh, I'm not really sure why the first time it didn't, but second time, I fell in love with it and beyond, so... Well, it definitely has a following nowadays. I mean, they made a TV spinoff, so... <laughs> they did. It had uh, one of my favorite directors behind it, Eduardo Sanchez, who also directed uh, The Blair Witch Project and Exist. I absolutely love him. I think he is completely underrated with some of his current stuff, and so I was excited to see him work on that. Cool. So the next one on our list is much more of a comedy than a horror, but what we do in the shadows... I was pretty late to that film. I actually just saw it uh, this year, but I don't think I've laughed so hard in a film in I don't know how long. I actually have not seen it yet. I've heard good things for a long time, but I just I haven't had a chance to check it out. Oh, my goodness. I thought for sure you would have seen this. No, no. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things, like I said, so it's definitely on Mm -hmm. my must watch list. Well, they're making a spinoff film about werewolves. Uh, and so I'm really excited for that. But I didn't know what to expect when I went into the film. It was kind of uh, one of those blind watches. I just had it and decided to watch it one day. And um, I seriously have not laughed so hard. It's every single line and the way that they tackle the vampire lore um, kind of in today's world. I, I mean, it was just absolutely brilliant. And especially if you're a fan of like Flight of the Concords. It was just great. So I'm going to watch it. I have to. <laughs> you have to. Yes. Okay. I kicked myself for waiting so long to uh, to watch that. And so definitely do not put that one off. That and Creep. That's your homework. Okay. <laughs> you have to. Unless you haven't seen one other film on our list, then that's going to be on your on your to-do list also. But well, I'll, I'll try to get those done by the next time we record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the, ne- the next film on our list is 30 Days of Night, which is based on a comic book series. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the comics are a lot stronger than the movie was, but the movie's still pretty solid. I have never read the comics. I, you know, I have seen the comics many times at the comic book store. I've picked them up. I've, I've picked up uh, the the large collection of them. I've picked up single copies. I love the artwork in it, and I've never purchased it, and I've never I've never read it. You should give it a I chance. I think I think you'll be surprised at how much better the comics are than the movie. Because um, like there are parts of the movie that are just amazing, but there are other parts that kind of lull and don't quite live <laughs> up to what you're expecting them to be. 
One reason I think 30 Days of Night really deserves to be on this list, though, is because the vampires were so ruthless. Um, they didn't seem to have an ounce of humanity in them as far as sympathy or empathy or any of that goes. And I really liked how they were portrayed. Yeah, I like that, too. I mean, far too often in vampire movies, we see them as like aristocrats or, you know, trying to mingle with society or whatever. But these vampires are just, you know, the blood sucking demons that they're supposed to be. And I love, mm-hmm. I love that portrayal. You know, we've come a long way away from that in modern stories a little bit. Right. So these guys don't sparkle in the sunlight. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, now, you know, we're saying that. But of course, the next film on the list um, is is very much the opposite. <laughs> um, but that one is Let the Right One In. And the remake was Let Me In, the American remake. Um, have you seen that one? I have seen Let, Let the Right One In. I have not seen the remake. You know, the remake was good. Um, I I can see why it was needed because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people won't spend the time to watch um, a foreign film because, you know, subtitles. But um, the the remake was really good. It did a lot of justice. It didn't have that that rawness, though, of the original. The original had a very, very surprising part in it. And I'm sure that you know the part that I'm speaking of. I do. and the book is actually, I, I've read the book, and the book is kind of a tough read for the fact that it deals with, you know, underage prostitution and things like that, topics that are very uncomfortable to read about. And the uh, the original kind of touches more on that, and the remake skips over it. It kind of pretties that up a little bit, I think, in my opinion. But it was still pretty good for a remake. Yeah, I've heard it like softens things up for modern audiences a little bit more. Um, it does. But I mean, the the story is a just a shell is such a great story, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think let the right one in is at the top of a lot of people's vampire lists. Uh, it's definitely at the top of mine. It's not my favorite vampire movie, but it's probably the best vampire movie. Okay, and then the last film on our list is Stakeland. Have you seen Stakeland? I have not. I don't know anything okay, about this I film. Okay, I I knew that you probably hadn't. That's why I mentioned that earlier. Um, so the film stars one of my all-time favorite actors, which is Nick Dimitri. Nick Dimitri is vastly underrated, um, but he stars as Mr., a hunter of these uh, kind of zombie vampires. And I say zombie vampires because they are vampires, but they act very much like mindless hordes of zombies. But the film takes place in a post-apocalyptic world, and he takes a boy in as his own pretty much um, to teach him how to survive in this world and um, and they meet people along the way. Daniel Harris, Scream Queen, of course, um, she's in it. It is just a very raw and gripping film and I, I thought it was brilliant. And uh, they did come out with a second film this year uh, that came straight to sci-fi though. Um, I have not seen that one yet. I'm dying to. I just haven't had time yet. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely a great film. I'll have to check it out. Add it to the list. <laughs> you better add it to your list. That that one really is great. And like I said, I absolutely love uh, Nick Dimitri. And he also starred in um, Mulberry Street and Late Phases, which is a really great werewolf film as well. Cool. Okay, so that about wraps up our vampire films. Uh, there are so many more I could have added to this list, but I think that's a pretty good rundown of great vampire films. Yeah, I mean, we could have talked about the obvious ones like Bram Stoker's Dracula or The Lost Boys or Fright Night. But I think everybody's familiar with those. So we wanted to highlight on some that people might not have seen. And apparently you haven't seen most of them. <laughs> well, like two, two out of the six on our list I didn't see. So I'll have to watch those. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to ask you about it next time. <laughs> okay. You should. You're in pressure. <laughs> um, 
So our next segment highlights an indie project that we love. It could be a project that is in the early stages of Kickstarter campaign or it's been out for a while and we just think it's a great project. So the film I'm going to highlight is actually tied into vampires. It's not a straight up vampire film, but it definitely has a lot of those elements in it. And it's called The Transfiguration. And The Transfiguration is really based off of George Romero's Martin. And I saw The Transfiguration at South by Southwest. I was able to screen it. But it follows a young boy in New York City who truly believes that he's a vampire. He believes it to the point where he kills just like a vampire. Um, It is a really disturbing psychological horror. It's a really dark movie. And it left me thinking about a lot at the end. But it's a really great film and it deserves an audience. Um, Now that it's finally getting distribution, I hope that more people see it because it really deserves it. You told me about this one when you very first saw it. And uh, mm-hmm. I've read some stuff about it. It's actually on several people's uh, more recent vampire list that I've seen. Um, so, because I did research for the show, and I noticed that a lot of people were talking about it. Um, it sounds incredibly interesting, and I did like the original that it was based upon uh, Martin. So I'm I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna have to see this at some point, whenever it's available from some sort of platform. Yeah, absolutely. I actually got to interview the uh, two young co-stars and the director after South by Southwest, and it was really great to talk to to them and to talk to the director and hear about all of his influences. Which, of course, he does talk about Martin quite a bit, but also uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and so he kind of combined binds those films really, really well. And how much of the vampire lore he puts throughout the film was just really interesting. And and uh, the young actor was great. He pulled off this really dark role really well. And it was impressive, for sure. It sounds like it. Like I said, everything I've seen about this film is just raving about it. So uh, I'm going to Absolutely. check it out as soon as I'm able to. Just don't expect a lot of laughs. <laughs> I, <For that's>, sure. <laughs> I got that from a lot of the reviews, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Okay, for the next segment, we always like to pick one thing each, whether it's a comic book, movie, TV show, whatever, and uh, tell our audience about it so that you guys can uh, go check out one of our recommendations. So, Melissa, what do you have to recommend today? My recommendation of the week is a PC and mobile game called Slayaway Camp. Slayaway Camp is a really fun uh, sliding puzzle game that allows you to play slashers from different horror films from Friday the 13th up to American Mary. Um, It's a cutesy block style, but it's actually a really challenging game. Um, I've actually been stuck on one level now for about a week. (laughs) So it's definitely challenging, but it is a really fun game with uh, so many throwbacks to uh, horror films, retro and current, that people will really, I think, get into. So I'm always looking for more things to do on my phone to kill time. So I will definitely check this one out as well. I haven't got to check out the mobile version yet, but if it's anything like the PC game, I think you'll really love it. So let me know if you do. I will. I will for sure. Uh, And my recommendation is the best horror comic book that I read last year. Uh, It was funded through Kickstarter by my friend John Lees, who's a writer in England, and it's called Sync. And it's about um, this kid who goes out to a bar with a bunch of his friends and uh, it's in Glasgow and then all of his friends leave and he gets sort of stranded at this bar and it closes and he misses the last bus out of town and he can't afford a taxi out of town and he's just sort of stuck in this place and there's all these like rumors and myths about this city and since he's stuck in the town he starts wandering around uh, trying to find a way to get home and he encounters some of the you know legendary figures that are supposed to exist in this part of uh, England and I mean, there's some some crazy stuff that happens. I don't want to spoil anything in case anybody wants to read it, but like 
he gets abducted at one point, like by some people, they try to cut off his nose. There's like uh, a woman that gets assaulted in like a horrible way. And then there's a superhero kind of guy that shows up and saves her by literally beating another guy to death with a shovel. And it all happens right in front of him. And it feels so real and so raw. It doesn't feel like a comic book or like something that's campy or goofy. Like it's a very, very serious tone. And uh, it's legitimately scary in places. Like there's some stuff like when he gets infused with some drugs and everything is going psychedelic and he can't really figure out what's real and what's not that, uh, you know, it's, it's purely terrifying. It was incredibly well put together. Uh, my friends, John Lees and Alex Cormack did an amazing job on this book. So if you get a chance to check it out, it's available on comics tribe. I believe it's available on Comicsology as well. And, uh, it should be available in shops before too long. So check out sync. It's impressive. Okay, definitely. I do love horror comics. I have a huge stack that I need to catch up on, um, but I'm happy to add that one to it. <laughs> so, well, How about I'll add to my movie list and you add to your reading list? <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> definitely. Okay, well, that wraps up our third episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And of course, we'll be back next week bringing more horror, geek, and gaming your way. For more information about our podcast, check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Horror Geek Life. If you'd like to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me under Horror Geek Mel. And if you'd like to follow me, I'm available as at ComicalJC pretty much everywhere. If you'd like to check out my comic book, Speak No Evil, it's available at graybearcomics.com, and that's G-R-A-Y, bearcomics.com, or on Comixology. And if you'd like to hear my other podcasts, uh, it's available at mindfudgecomedy.com, or just go to any other podcatcher, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and just do a search for Mind Fudge Comedy, and you can find it. Awesome. Thank you all so much. See you next week. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 